When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No brakes, no brakes, no fear, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Coming up this week, more reaction from the National Speedway Stadium as the Bellevue Aces extend their lead at the top of the Sports Insure Premiership. We hear from Norik Bladorn. Just what I know, you know, um, it's easy track for me to ride on and just enjoyed tonight and to get the win against Wolves just made it even better. It was all abandoned after 10 heats at Ollerton Stadium as the Sheffield Tigers keep the pressure up on the Ipswich Witches for that final qualifying spot for the playoffs. It's the way it goes. Look, as I mentioned before, we, we like to come to work and leave in one piece. Um, there is a result from, from doing the Heat 10. We are in front. We'll hear more from Josh Pickering in a bit and our main feature interview is with the man who's now in charge of his former team. Boss of the Kingsland Stars, Dave Hoggart joins us. We've got to go for every single point. We can't, you know, we've got to be thinking no lost places um, and when we're at home we've got to think about hitting the opposition early right from the start of the meeting and maximising those opportunities. And Eurosport's Kelvin Tatum gives us his mid-season report. I had to sort of like a bit, eat a bit of humble pie when I saw Mark Lemon at Peterborough the other day because I didn't think they were as strong as they were last year. Um, and the form of Jarman Lidsey in the middle of the team has really been a revelation. And there's interviews with Hans Anderson, Richie Worrell and Rob Lyon from the Peterborough Panthers. We also catch up with Peter Adams of the Wolverhampton Wolves. All that and much more on the way on British Speedway's official podcast. No brakes, no fear. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Lots to come then, and we start at the National Speedway Stadium, where the Bellevue Aces lead at the top of the Sports Insure Premiership, moves up to nine points after an emphatic 57-33 win over Wolverhampton at the National Speedway Stadium on Monday night. The Aces race clear in the second half of the meeting, limiting the second-place team to just three race wins in a dominant performance. Skipper Brady Kurtz with 13-plus-1 bonus point, and Dan Bewley with 11-plus-1 led the way, whilst Jack Smith stepped in as a guest for Rising star Jake Mulford who was uh, injured over the course of the weekend and he was involved in a big 5-1 in Heat 8 with Norwich Bladorn Wolf skipper Sam Masters won two races and finished on 10 points but the Midlands side suffered their heaviest defeat of the season. Let's hear from some of those involved in the fixture Coming up then we'll hear from Peter Adams the Wolves team manager and Rory Schlein soon but first one of the stars of the show Norwich Bladorn speaking with Lee Wilde Norwich great to have you back in England after a tough couple of weeks for injuries you like you enjoyed yourself out there yeah definitely um yeah i know it would be good to to come back on home track because that's just what i know you know um it's easy track for me to ride on and just enjoyed tonight and to get a win against wolves just made it even better big home performance you take a lot of bo- you take a lot of aggregate points sorry to wolves next monday that's a more difficult track for you isn't it how do you find the tighter more technical wolves yeah that's what i always already talked about Haley. um it's tough. Um, I mean, I watched the boys at the last time. They were pretty impressive. So I think we might could even go for a win, even though it will be super, super tough. But um, yeah, like you said, for me, it's it's always a bit tough going there. But um, at some point, 
need to figure it out and maybe it's the time for me but um yeah won't be easy for me that's for sure because especially like the weekend i got poland so big slick track and then going to wolves won't make it any easier but um i just try my best and because around ipswich i'm i'm doing pretty good now so it's like no excuses not getting around smaller tracks so why not Absolutely, and just quickly, finally, you had your friend Selena Liebman here tonight with the Women's Speedway Academy. That's fantastic to see the progress they're making, isn't it? No, definitely, and she really looked impressive today. I've never seen, saw her riding that fast, so um, props to her. No? And I think it's just cool to, to get them involved here, and yeah, nice, nice job from the club, and yeah, just good to have them here as well. Norik, thank you very much. It was a big day, actually, at Bellevue with the launch of the ATPI Women's Academy, uh, which uh, is going to be doing big things, not just for uh, women's speedway in this country, but around the whole world and supported by the FIM as well. So uh, watch out for more details and watch this space. And certainly the footage I saw, Selena Liebman looked very quick around the National Speedway Stadium, as she has been at a few of the tracks she's visited through the course of uh, this summer so far. Well, what about the Wolves? side of the camp then let's hear from Rory Schlein speaking to Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM uh, Mike does get drowned out uh, occasionally with his questions uh, with uh, passing bikes uh, they were doing the flat track uh, racing after the main event and so uh, you can hear Rory's answers though here we are with uh, Rory Schlein and Mike Taylor started reasonably well and um, don't know we just seemed to go off the boil so it's always a hard place to come to but we always seem to enjoy ourselves here but tonight was just hard work yeah, it was probably stinks a bit more because it's been so unusual. It's so competitive away from home. Yeah, um, like there, there was no lack of effort. Everyone, everyone was trying to get the setup, and I think that's where we, we, we just come up short. They had so much straight line speed, and we couldn't find any. Uh, you've got a quick chance to, to, to put it right next week, and of course, at Ipswich on Thursday, somewhere you've got very well. Yeah, obviously, you know, the only way to bounce back after poor result is obviously to get a result you know straight up so track we all enjoy and um you know the mental approach and how we how we you know go about our business won't change on thursday there's Rory Schlein. The league table may be slightly deceptive, Bellevue fans. Um, nine points clear, Bellevue, at the moment, having ridden 16 meetings. However, Wolves have only ridden 12 meetings, so they've got the four matches in hand. Uh, win all of those, claim the bonus points. Of course, it's going to close up very quickly. Same can be said for Leicester or indeed Sheffield. But um, Wolves uh, have the return back at Monmore against the Bellevue Aces next Monday, as we heard in, uh, in that piece there earlier. So um, Bellevue will be looking to continue the momentum that they've uh, been on lately and, and not so much the form that they had last time on their visit where of course they were hammered by Wolves earlier in the season around Monmore. Let's hear from the Wolves team manager then on that fixture next week and also looking back at Monday night here's Peter Adams with BBC's Mike Taylor. Peter that was a tough one against a really good side. Yeah not our best performance of the season by a long shot and uh... You know, not enough eight winners and too many passengers. It was as simple as that. But take nothing away from Bellevue. You know, they were very good today. And uh, they look set fair, obviously, for the playoffs. You had a a couple of chances early in the meeting. You were briefly ahead and there was another heat where Brady Kurtz had to work his way through. It just looked like after that, it just fell away. Yeah, there were three, five ones in four heats in the middle part of the match, and that you know that's happened to us so many times over the over the recent sort of years. 
But uh, no, they were in just irresistible form and you've just got to say that we were beaten by a much better team on the day. You're straight off to Ipswich, of course, now later in the week, somewhere where you have gone very well this season. Well, we've gone very well here. Yeah, well, true. You know, just because you've done well anywhere in the past is no guarantee of what's going to happen the next time. But uh, what's always important in situations like this is how you bounce back, how you react. So well, we'll be looking for a, a big reaction on Thursday, obviously, and a, a, a much better result. And just one more thing, how close is Luke now? I know he had the operation last week, didn't he? Uh, yeah, last uh, Tuesday, and um, I spoke to him today. He's targeting the uh, Peterborough match at Monmouth's comeback day. I think that's a fortnight tonight, is it? Um, personally, you know, I think that's a bit ambitious because it's a nasty injury he's got. He's not in a cast or anything, it's just repaired and strapped up. And um, he's doing little bits of physiotherapy, but he set his heart on riding on that day, so. We'll see whether he makes it or not, but I just saw here tonight, you know, he's, uh, he's a big miss. So, that's great. I believe you're using a guest on Thursday, Dipswich, rather than RR. Tonight you had to give Dougie seven rides, that's not, not easy, but you've got a guest coming in on Thursday? Yeah, it's, um, Bellevue's a very difficult track to pick a guest for, because, you know, you can either go very well here, or you can have, you know, a poor performance here. Just a perfect example of that was Steve Worrell today. He's ridden brilliantly here for us in matches gone by, but today just didn't happen for him, you know, for one reason or another. So very difficult, as I say, to be sure about a score when you're bringing a guest, you know, here. Tracks like Ipswich that, you know, we're more comfortable on perhaps, um, a bit easier to predict. So... Um, yeah, Scott Nichols uh, has agreed to guest for us on Thursday and he did Sterling work for us earlier on in the season, so hoping he can keep that up at a track he traditionally goes well at. Yeah, not a bad choice of guest to take to Foxhall. Uh, Scott Nichols lining up once again in Wolves colours this Thursday when uh, Wolves take on the Witches. Well, the Sheffield Tigers were comfortable 37-23 winners over Peterborough in a Sports Insure Premiership match which was curtailed after 10 races. The Ollerton circuit was hit by a couple of heavy showers resulting in race times dropping by around seconds and uh, a halt was called after heat 10. Jack Holder scored a nine-point maximum for the hosts with Josh Pickering adding 7 plus 1 bonus. Richie Worrell top scored for the Panthers with 6. Well, we'll hear from Richie Worrell himself in a moment after the other top scorer for uh, the Sheffield Tigers. 7 plus 1 for Josh Pickering and he's just thankful to get out of there in one piece. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, the track was beautiful. Uh, we had a bit of rain here throughout the day, which was a little bit concerning earlier on, like about midday, you know, you didn't know which way it was going to go. But um, by the time we got here at 5pm, the track looked great. It rode very well for the opening heats. And then when that shower come across, it sort of ruined it for everyone. Yeah, and like you say, uh, those heat eights, eight, nine and ten, we, we did get the races through, but they, they were quite sketchy throughout. Yeah, it wasn't nice, mate. Um, you know, every, a few of the boys went out in them heats, and including myself. And to be honest, here's a bit of... Uh, proof of how, how what it can be so um it's the way it goes look as i mentioned before we, we like to come to work and leave in one piece um there is a result from from doing the heat 10 we are in front so on a sheffield point of view 
uh, we are happy in a, in a way, but at the same time, it was both parties that, that contributed to, to making the decision. Yeah, and it's not just the conditions underneath you as well. It, like you say, it's also the, the visibility, which was becoming a real issue if you were second, third or fourth. At the end of the day, yes, we are um, professional sportsmen. We can ride a track like this. We can ride anything. However, we can't race it when you've got four guys going into the, the one spot of the track where we all would like to be. Um, obviously, visibility comes at a cost. You've also got the sun going into turn three, which is also a bit of an issue any day. And then when the track's that wet and icy, it's, um, it can be quite dangerous. Yep, just finally, like you say, it's two points on the board uh, and now on to, to Thursday, uh, a return to, to Kings Lynn for yourself as well. Nevertheless, your, your mind's focused on, uh, on getting the job done with the Tigers again. Yeah, look, it's, it's no different for me. Um, I wish Kings Lynn all the best. They were good to me while I was there. Um, it was a shame that you know when we, when we did separate under the circumstances with my, my shoulder was um, was no good. When I sort of become good, and then obviously we we sort of seen where the teams were available. They they did have a one to seven at the time, and it was unfortunate on their behalf that I already committed to Sheffield when Tofty got injured. So um, yeah, it's just it's how Speedway is sometimes, and uh, I just got to focus on what I'm doing, what I'm doing right now, and I'm happy where I am. Yeah, and on that Kingsland note, uh, Dave Hoggart's on the way in part two, the new uh, Kingsland team manager, former Sheffield team manager and, and promoter as well, of course, and Josh Pickering lining up at his former side. It's uh, got all sorts of drama written around that one, but uh, more about Kingsland in the next bit. Let's uh, hear from Richie Worrell right now. Um, of course, he was top scorer for the Peterborough Panthers before that meeting was stopped uh, a little early after 10 heats. Uh, here he is speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Richie, Worrell, uh, meeting abandoned after uh, after ten races here at Sheffield tonight. You were you were out in heat eight when that first sharp shower came down. How, how bad was it out there? That race was terrible. Um, it did seem to get a little bit better as the water kind of soaked in, but for that for that heat eight, just fresh, it was pretty uh, pretty early because there's well, it was the first one to that outside, and then that was that. You know, the rest was just getting filled in. Um, was the races after that, you know, we had a little break. Race after that was around the inside of the normal racing line, but guys were going nowhere. Um, the racing was only the first 10 metres, if that, and then it was just followed later, you know, and quite dangerous. The sun was a factor, you know, the fans don't really know about that, so we're, we're blind going into three, and it's ice with also bits of traction, so it was, it was dangerous. Yeah, it was, and it was the majority vault said no. No, we're all here to make money. Um, Majority vote said no. I know the fans aren't happy about it, but it is what it is, and rider safety comes first. Yeah. Up until that point, I think you were the, the, the first race winner for, for the visitors as well in that heat eight. Up until that point when conditions were, were, were normally, it was a, another tough night for the Panthers up until then. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield, you know, a tough team, especially here, so it was what we knew. It was always going to be a tough night. Um, and Vadim is he's our star man at the moment, and he took a race to get settled in, didn't he? Um, but once he did, I think he went second win. So, um, look, it, it's it's tough. It's been tough for the Panthers this year, uh, one reason or another. Um, the obvious one, you know, not having a number one for the majority of the time. Um, we're trying our best. We're just going to keep going. Yeah. Nevertheless, uh, this Thursday, back in Premiership action at Leicester. Um, obviously, it was a, a brilliant night for yourself there last Thursday, and uh, you'll certainly be looking to, to take that into that one with you. Yeah, if I can do the same again, that'd be nice. Um, I do go pretty quick round there, so we'll see see how Thursday goes. You know, the weather plays ball, and 
you know, we put that same engine back in with everything else the same and it should do the same stuff but you know, Speedway never really works like that does it? Yeah, and from the team point of view like you say it has been a, a tough old slog but you have got a 1-7 to seven. Leicester are, are banging form and, and strong at home but nevertheless it's almost a case of, of nothing to lose for the Panthers between now and the end of the year Yeah nothing to lose let's just go and try and get some points try and get some wins give the fans uh, something to be happy about and um, win some races and make some money Yeah, that's, uh, there's nothing, not really much more we can do now, Richie Worrell certainly likes life around Leicester. We saw that in the Premiership pairs. So we'll touch on that towards the end of the podcast, actually, because there was a lot went on in that meeting and more silverware for the Bellevue Aces. But uh, first of all, let's now hear from team manager of the Peterborough Panthers, Rob Lyon, who explains a little bit more about the decision uh, for the meeting to be abandoned. A lot of people saying, well, Sheffield forced that when it got to Heat 10. Not the case, because it requires the away side to agree to things like this. So it's not just like Sheffield's uh, go to the referee and say that's it all over. The away team have to have the final say, uh, actually, when it comes to these things. So here's Rob Lyon uh, explaining the decision to abandon things after 10 heats at Ollerton on Monday. Well, Rob Lyon, uh, tonight's meeting here at Sheffield called to a halt after after 10 races. Um, both camps more or less in the same position as well, with half wanting to carry on, but a slight uh, majority with, with four riders from each side uh, just, just finding it a, a bit too dangerous. Yeah, I said to my guys, you know, ultimately... Your safety is my concern, um, and uh, I need a collective view on on what your thoughts are going forward. And uh, there was a majority vote that they felt it was unsafe to continue. Um, and I think the Sheffield boys felt it was a similar situation as you say. Referee made a call based on that information. Uh, it's a shame, um, but it was rideable, but not raceable. Yeah, and like you say, Richie Wall going out, winning Heat 8, and then Vadim picking up his first race win of the evening. And even when he, he came back in, he, he, uh, he expressed his concerns, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And uh, I think you only know, see Adam Ellis's, Adam Ellis's uh, uh, goggles in uh, Heat 9, I think it was, and he couldn't see a, a thing. You know, it's, it's, These bikes these days are, are difficult, you know, at the best of times, I'm sure. The boys will tell you that. <clears throat> so... Um, you have to, they ride them, and you have to take into consideration their views. Um, it's hard on the fans, I get that. Um, difficult call, but I think it's the right decision. Yep. The meeting itself, up until that point, I know it took, uh, took you till um, that, that midpoint of the meeting to, to get your first race winner. It was, uh, it was tough, certainly, in those first, uh, first few corners and away from the tapes. Yeah, it was. I think we've only probably had Ben Basso and... Uh, I mean, Hans has been around here many, many times, but I think Ben Basso and... Um, Richie were probably the, the only boys that shown any sort of form here in the last couple of years. Uh, the other boys either hadn't been here much at all or not at all, in Vadim's case, certainly. But yeah, they were getting used to it, as you saw. But um, yeah, like I say, one of those, isn't it? Rob, many thanks for speaking to us. No worries. Well, if there was a side that benefited from the poor conditions, it probably was Peterborough, who got their only heat advantage during the treacherous conditions. A lot of fans, though, seeing the picture of the blue sky and the sunshine out at Ollerton and questioning why more time wasn't taken to get the meeting back on again. But the decision really was that the damage was done both uh, on the scoreline and on the track, and the track being raceable but not rideable. Let's hear the thoughts of Hans Anderson now of the Peterborough Panthers, who rode during those conditions and he explains to Andy Abbott of BBC Radio Cambridgeshire about the decision to call the meeting off at Heat 10. There weren't, there weren't a full team of riders who was wanting to ride. It was sort of mixed. You know, the thing with the track was it was rideable but not raceable. Um, and we'd done, to be fair, we'd done enough heats for the score to stand. And 
it might, might have been a bit different if the scoreline would have been a bit closer. Um, there you go. I had to stick by the, the majority of the team and the majority of the team, they've said, oh, well, let's call it now when everyone's in one piece. And for the home side, they were the same. You know, they could carry on if they wanted to, but they were also like, let's call it. I mean, it was only a short child shower, but what, from a rider's point of view, makes it more difficult and you're not able to race on it? Well, it's, it's difficult when the track, like I said, the track was rideable, but not raceable, because you, you can see there weren't any passing, because you couldn't do anything, because with all the water on the track, you, you sort of just, you just hung on for, for dear life on the track. But, and, you know, it, it was mixed feelings. Um, obviously, we hoped for more, because it would have been nice to come here today and turn them over. But, you know, again, it wasn't an easy task, but the track, the track condition didn't help. I suppose the sun going into Ben uh, 3 it was not going to help because obviously if you filled in and then the sun, it's going to make visibility impossible, isn't it? Well, we did two races in the rain. I was obviously out in the last one before it got cancelled and we couldn't see anything because you had water on your lens and sun strain your eyes. So, so your view was sort of like looking everywhere. It's like driving your car with water on the screen without using the windscreen wire, but you can't see through it. Yeah, it's a good explanation. But from your point of view, a little bit of return to form tonight, good to see. Yeah, well, I am, um, it's been no secret, I've been struggling, but it's been down to some issues with the bike, because I've, I've raced plenty of laps to know whether it's just me riding poorly or if it's the equipment, and I've had some issues with the bike. Um, doesn't really matter if the bike's not doing it for you. It doesn't matter if it's Ty Wolfington or whoever sits on it. It's not going to perform. Yeah, but we make make shorts. I made some changes in the workshop this morning, and you know it, it's it was bad. And I was coming out of the gate, and you know had speed. I was pushing Michelle in that race as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice in in that way to actually um, see that things are improving. I mean, you're going to Leicester Thursday night. You've ridden there regularly. You know the track. You get, you get make a few more adjustments to fit your style of riding and uh, can do something on Thursday night. Yeah, we can. You know, to, you got to remember when we was there early in the season, we actually pushed them pretty, pretty good earlier. And uh, we go there with the superstar Warrell at the moment. You know, he, he seems un, nearly unbeatable around Leicester, so uh, it's good. Uh, I think they um, they probably fear us more than we fear them, which is good. And Vadim Tarasenko around Leicester. He's a quality rider. You know, you see. He went to Ipswich and, you know, he, he got around the track, scored some points. Um, so, yeah, he'll probably take him a ride, or maybe two at Leicester, but then he'll be fine. So looking at the Sports Insure Premiership situation as it stands then, as we've already touched on, the Bellevue Aces top of the table, but they have ridden more meetings than everyone else by quite some way. 16 meetings ridden. They're on 29 points. Next in second place is Wolves, who've ridden the second uh, highest amount of meetings uh, on 12 ridden and on 20 points. You can see from the uh, matches available and of course the points available, it could still close up fairly tightly on Bellevue yet. However, Wolves and Bellevue face each other next Monday. Leicester are in third. They've ridden 11 meetings on 20 points, so we're joint on points at the moment with Wolves and a match in hand. One to watch there. Um, Sheffield Tigers are in fourth. They've ridden 11 and on 15 points. Ipswich Witches are in fifth, ridden 12 meetings and 13 points. Uh, Sheffield and Ipswich facing each other next Monday at Olerton. That's a big one for the playoff picture. And then at the bottom end of the table, we've got the Kingsland Stars in sixth place, ridden 12 on seven points, and the Peterborough Panthers on uh, at the seventh place at the bottom, uh, ridden 12 and on two points. 
So that's the Sports Insure Premiership table situation. Looking at the fixtures coming up then, Thursday... All these fixtures are in round two of the Sports Insure Premiership with the Ipswich Witches up against the Wolverhampton Wolves. Scott Nichols guesting for Wolves in that one. Kings Lynn up against Sheffield. That starts at 7.30 at the Adrian Flux Arena. Artem Laguta is back in the side. Uh, Kings Lynn also have Ben Barker guesting for Michael Palm Toft. Sheffield otherwise full strength, I believe. And Leicester take on the Peterborough Panthers. Um, and uh, that's uh, pretty much, I think, as, as, as usual with the light team lineups there. Kingsland versus Sheffield will be live on BSN Thursday night. Uh, looking ahead to the fixtures on Monday in the Sports Insure Premiership, Kingsland hosting Peterborough. That is surely a must-win for well for both sides really, but particularly for Kingsland on their home circuit. Sheffield hosting Ipswich, crucial on that. Ipswich um, a fair way uh, ahead on the uh, points situation as well uh, at aggregate. Uh, Sheffield thirty-nine, Ipswich fifty-one, and uh, it's Wolves and Bellevue. Um, Wolves have got a big amount of points to catch up on that one 33-57 of course uh, that uh, first clash at the National Speedway Stadium happened last week so those are Monday's fixtures in the Sports Insure Premiership well, whilst it's disappointment in the league table for the Peterborough Panthers, well, it was a bit of joy for Panthers fans last Thursday as the Peterborough Panthers got themselves straight through to the final of the Premiership pairs at Leicester. But it was the Bellevue Aces through Dan Bewley and Brady Kurtz who dominated the closing stages of the meeting and proved victorious in the grand final up against the Peterborough Panthers who, with Richie Worrell in outstanding form, got straight through to that grand final. Bewley and Kurtz, though, Got the better of Sheffield's Jack Holder and Tobias Musilak in a Roses battle in the semi-final before making fast starts in the final to defeat Worrell and Ben Cook. Well, after the meeting and uh, before the trophies were presented, we uh, heard from uh, all three of the uh, pair's lineup because, of course, there was rising stars included in this as well. Dan Bewley and Brady Kurtz and Jake Mulford uh, speaking to Hayley Bromley on BSN. Dan, real quick, how does it feel? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I think great result uh, for, for the three of us and, you know, everyone in the pits too. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome for me, uh, you know, being back at Bellevue and to get win something straight away. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Brady Kurtz, what can we say there? Captain Fantastic, happy with that? Yeah, really happy. I think uh, I wasn't doing the best during the meeting, but then uh, come the semi-final and the final, I got the bike together, made some good starts and it was it was nice to be out front, look back and see Dan right there and... Uh, yeah, really happy with it. Jake, real quick thoughts on being part of this? Yeah, it was really good to be a part of it. They both done really well, and for me, <laughs> I'm glad I did save that too. So, yeah, it was a really good night, and I'm glad to be a part of a team that's so, it's going so well. So it's really good. And best wishes to Jake Mulford as well, because uh, over the course of the weekend following that meeting, he was involved in the European Grass Track Championships, and he was actually avoiding another rider who'd fallen in front of him, and uh, he ended up getting run over and broke his ankle. So he's set to be on the sidelines now for uh, probably around six weeks or so, uh, which is obviously a bit of a setback uh, to to him and to his teams, the uh, Bellevue Aces and the Red Car Bears. So he'll soon Jake Mulford, who was making great progress 
progress up until that point, of course, but uh, hope to see him back very soon indeed. OK, the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, we concentrate on the Kings Lynn Stars. It's been a turbulent year for the Stars, with a change of personnel both in the team and at the top of the club as well. With a new manager coming in, Dave Hoggart takes the reins for the rest of the season, who's uh, no stranger to many Speedway fans, particularly those involved with Sheffield or Workington. And uh, you might uh, recognise him from the uh, fan zone at Cardiff as well, which he's hosted, I think, pretty much since the fan zone began as part of the British Grand Prix. Uh, We'll speak to Dave Hoggart next on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. This is the official podcast of British Speedway. And in the second part of our episodes, we, we like to have a longer chat with someone who's in the news for whatever reason at the particular point in time that we're recording them. And, and our next guy has taken on a big challenge of being the Kings Lynn team manager. Now, Dave Hoggart is no stranger to Speedway. He's been a team manager before with the Sheffield Tigers. He's been a co-promoter. He's the centre green announcer, uh, has been the centre green announcer at Sheffield at Workington, he runs the fan zone at Cardiff, he's got a lot of experience and now he's taking on this job having been out of the sport for four years and when I say being out of the sport, um, Dave you've you've not really been to to any meetings at all, you've stepped well away from it, so what a job to come back to in taking on this role of being the team manager of the Kingsland Stars at at this moment in time. Well, of course. I mean, uh, everything that I've done in Speedway in the past has been thoroughly enjoyable. Um, but as you're probably aware and other people that have been involved in the sport are aware, it can consume you and take over your life. And surprisingly enough, there is a life away from Speedway. Um, the main reason that I took um, time out was to focus on my career or the end of my career. I'm retired now. Um, but I've always been in challenging roles, particularly over the last 30 years. Um, in the motor industry and it was becoming more and more demanding and it was very clear that if I had sustained my involvement in Speedway something was going to have to give. I didn't particularly want my health to give and of course without a daytime job you don't pay the mortgage so um, I decided to take a time out and focus on my career and that's what I did. And that is right, isn't it? It was a you've been away from it for a few years, and you haven't been to many meetings. I think I'm right in saying somebody told me that they'd seen you at Redcar versus Pool the other week. I mean, by the way, what a, what a meeting to come back to! But um, so that was your first one of your first meetings, really, for in that space of time back in Speedway. Absolutely, um, I did the Centre Green presentation at Workington until they closed in 2018. Um, I was all geared up to do 19 at Workington, but as you possibly recall, um, Workington ceased on the eve of the season. Um, That gave me more time out. The reason I did Workington is because it was a Saturday track and it didn't impact on the day job at all. So that that was cool in that that sense. So it was a thoroughly enjoyable time at Workington. Fabulous people up there. Um, When it came to going to Speedway again, I... I didn't really have the appetite for it. Now, this happens to everybody that gets involved in the sport. You know, every now and again, that time comes where you just think, what am I doing? So, again, I was able to take time out. Um, I was going through a divorce as well at that time, which was at its own challenges. Um, and everybody that's been there knows that too. 
So I really, I, I took, which was Redcar versus Edinburgh, which was curtailed after 12. Matthew Weathers got injured and then another rider got injured, two, two ambulances needed. So the meeting was off. Um, I went to Torren um, with IMG in 2019, uh, which was a great meeting. They looked after me very, very well. Um, and then Red versus Poole, as you say, which was probably one of the best Speedway meetings I've ever seen. It was absolutely fantastic. It just had absolutely everything, didn't it? And, and I know fans of the respective sides... Um, for whatever reason, probably uh, bemoaning the super heat, but that added something extra to it as well. That it was all going to be sorted out in that last heat, and you know, for the neutral, that was an, an icing on the cake to a meeting that had already uh, produced everything. People breaking the tapes and um, dropping off on the very last bend of the last heat. You know, it just had absolutely everything. And uh, yes, I will uh, sound biased by saying you can you can watch it back on BSN, but you can and uh, definitely. That's one to add to your list if you haven't seen it already. But it's a reminder, Dave, though, of what we're here for and what Speedway is all about. Very much so. I've always enjoyed racing. I mean, when you're in the pits and uh, involved, you don't see all the racing. Um, but it, it's an enjoyable event when you just watch pure racing without any of the politics, without any of the rules being manipulated or anything like that. Um, when you just go and watch the riders exercising their skills and doing a great job. And that meeting had that from both teams. I mean, who would have committed to starting a fence at the last knockings like that? You know, I mean, he must have been choked, possibly, but hey-ho, you know, it's good, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, on to the job at hand. You're the team manager of the Kingsland Stars now, and it's not really gone to plan for Kingsland this season. I don't think... Um being second bottom of the table was was the initial plan there's been big investment uh artem laguta huge signing not just for kingsley but for british speedway in the side now as well but uh, other changes including josh pickering moving out and of course sheffield next up for kingsley on thursday and josh pickering gets to come back to ride on his old track obviously he's going to be up for that um when we spoke to Alex Brady the other week, uh, the playoffs were very much the target for the team. Obviously, there's been further defeats since then. Um, are the playoffs still the target for Kings Lynn? It's going to be a challenge. Um, I think short term, I've, I've got to focus on trying to get the best out of the guys on on the night. You know, we know that Sheffield are going to be a huge challenge on Thursday evening. Uh, they absolutely romped away with it the last time they came to Saddleby Road. Um, so we're anticipating a tough time. As you've mentioned, uh, that Josh Pickering will intend on doing very, very well at his former club. It's going to be uh, backwards and coming forwards on Thursday. But Sheffield got a team of big track specialists. And, you know, those them that are riding internationally are used to all the different surfaces and they will relish the thought of coming to Kingsland on Thursday night. So we've got one devil of a challenge on hand for Thursday. So in terms of um, the rest of the season, um, the last thing I want to appear is unambitious, but we've just had two new guys join the team as well. Simon Lambert and Anders Rowe have joined the team. I've yet to see them at Kingsland in current times. So it's really too soon to form what we want to do. But, you know, we've got to go for every single point. We can't, you know, we've got to be thinking no last places 
Um, and when we're at home, we've got to think about hitting the opposition early, right from the start of the meeting and maximising those opportunities. Um, we're recording this at the start of the week um, on the Monday leading up to this meeting on Thursday. Artem Laguta has been much talked about. Of course, he's been missing for a week or so through this suspension that he's he's had. Um, Artem Laguta is due to be named in the side for Thursday. Is is that still the case? Will Artem Laguta be, be at the Adrian Flux Arena on Thursday night against Sheffield? Um, as far as I'm aware, and you know, I've got no reason to think otherwise, uh, Artem will be in the side on Thursday evening against Sheffield. Um, that's that's the communication we've had. Now, you know, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week. I'm not expecting anything to change, but it's a speedway. What is the situation with Artem Laguta, Dave? Do you know, is, is he going to be around more regularly? Is he going to be part of the team going forward? And and also that situation from a couple of weeks ago, you you sort of landed right in the middle of this situation where um, there was an injury sustained with Chris Harris. Um, everybody thought he was going to be missing because of that. Then he rides in Poland and then he's got a, a sickness bug. Um, in the meantime, Chris Harris is booked a guest. <laughs> it was all a little bit muddled. And then, of course, uh, Laguta gets this uh, statutory ban, which is, is what you get a week ban if you uh, are missing a meeting for a non-speedway reason. So that's what it was for. It wasn't specifically for him. That's the same for any rider. Um, but it's not really been an ideal time for Laguta. Are things going to be a bit more stable going forward? Yes, as, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, he rides in the British League as well as his other leagues. Um, so there's no reason to believe that he's not going to be with us. Um, it would be fair to say that I've not had any contact with him or his manager directly. Um, obviously, Alex was the key in that scenario, and Keith had to try and pick it all up last week. Uh, but in terms of the information that was communicated from the club last week, and we we could only communicate, or Keith could only communicate what he knew. And the last he knew is that Artem had taken that fall in the home meeting. Um, he'd taken a bit of a knock. He was going to practice in the week. And all being well, he would have been um, with us at Wolverhampton on the Monday evening. So there was some, I'm going to say communication difficulties, not language difficulties, communication difficulties. And he was out out of reach for a couple of days. So as a precaution, Keith booked Bomber or asked Bomber to be, if he would be available, put a standby in the event that Artem didn't come through his practice or for any reason exacerbated his injury um when he was due to ride on sunday so that's the reason chris harris was on standby um and of course you know we got a medical note on monday to say that he wouldn't be coming to this country he was not well it was a slightly different scenario to what we were led to believe Okay. Um, well, hopefully we do see him on Thursday then, because he's he's been brilliant when he has been over here, and uh, as all of those riders of that standard have, you know, have been, and 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 the things that they bring beyond just the racing, and in terms of bringing people through the gates. Um, Michael Palm Toft uh, has had a bit of a, an unfortunate incident as well, hasn't he? He's got a, um, well, certainly he's been having surgery on his his leg. Um, can you update us on that, and how does that affect things going forward? It's too early for a short to medium term prognosis on Michael at the moment. He only had the operation at the end of last week. So we are waiting further advice um, from Michael, which in turn will come from his medical team. So that's where we're at. Um, The July averages are out. 
and he is third in our averages now, which potentially puts us in a position where we can book a guest. However, when you look at what's going on on Thursday, uh, all six clubs are racing. Um, so that leaves us with a very limited choice of guest if we go down that route. Um, I've got a call booked in with Keith later on today so we can make the decision on which is the best way forward for us. Your relationship with Keith Chapman, of course, is is the reason that you are in this role. You, you, the two of you have worked, um, you know, in the BSBA, BSBL days, um, on on many things um, over the over the years. So you have a good working relationship there, um, which obviously must make things a lot easier for you when you're managing a club like this. I go back a fair way in the sport. Keith goes back a long way at Kingslin. Um, We've never had a crossword. We've never fallen out, even with rivalry between the two clubs. And you know, there was a great period of time when we were both in the Premier League where we you know, took it in terms of clubs knock spots off each other on track. Uh, it was funny. It was very enjoyable and very satisfying when you got the win over the other side. Um, you know, We beat them and put them out of trophies. They beat us and put us out of trophies. So um, it was all good banter at the time. Um and led to a bit of a warm relationship, particularly when it came to helping out with loan riders um, or team building. If we wanted one of each other's riders that wasn't going to be used, um, Keith was always very, um, very keen to support his riders and get them a job, um, and never stood in the way. Um, you know, personally, I don't think Keith gets a fair press. Um, there's an awful lot that Keith does behind the scenes in Speedway still that people um, don't give him due credit for, probably because he doesn't shout about it. Yeah, he's he's leapt to the aid of, of many clubs over the past, hasn't he? Not not just financially to keep them afloat, but also helping out with tracks and um, you know, Leicester, for example, he was involved in, in helping sort Leicester's track out over the winter, just being one sort of example of something else that he's been involved in that maybe people, um, people don't see. Yeah, he's risked an awful lot to support British Speedway. Um, you know, financially, he's helped other clubs out to stabilise them when they've needed uh, support. Um, he purchased the land and stadium at Kingsley and developed it, a massive investment. Uh, he of this with his own hands. Um, similarly, you know, he took the job on at the BSPA, as it was then and became BSPL. Um, and he was very active in supporting clubs behind the scenes. So uh, I rate the guy. He's always been very, very straight with me. Um, and, you know, when his integrity is challenged, he, he's entitled to take offence. He does, but not not from me. That's, it's been a great relationship that happened with him. Aside the results on the track, what, what for you is the biggest challenge of being the team manager um, of a team that's in the position of Kings Lynn? I'm sort of talking in terms of maybe motivation and getting the team going in the right direction. How do you do that? How do you bind these guys together now to get the most out of them? Well, I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to try and tell them how to ride a motorcycle on a speedway track. Um, you know, in my day, years and years ago, things were very, very different. You limited what you could do. Tracks were very different. Um, you know, we, we run engines that, that revved at seven and a half thousand, and now they're running at 13, 13 and a half thousand, some even higher than that. Um, so it's, a, you know, the sport technically is very, very different. Um, tracks are very, very different. So it, it, it would be immoral of me to try and tell them how to ride their motorbikes. Um, the one thing that I'm 
pretty good at, or you know, people tell you I'm pretty good at, is communication. So hopefully, um, I can give them a little confidence by talking to them. I'm not someone that's going to give them a hard time when they're not scoring points. I fear that that sends people into a downward spiral. Um, what they need is praise. The positives highlighted, the progress highlighted. But I'm very, very fortunate. We've got an excellent captain in Nikolai Clint, who equally has the responsibility of motivating the guys and pulling it all together in the pits. It's very, very good. It's you know they're all trying already to improve things and make the job better for Kingsland Speedway. Um, I don't perceive that there are any personality challenges within in the side. So I've got to be optimistic. I've got to be ambitious that we'll have a good team spirit. I mean, Nikolai, um, as an example, he's had such a, a roller coaster week, really, because he, he was really struggling um, at Wolverhampton, as the whole team were. It was a bad night for, for everyone at Wolves uh, last Monday. And then on Thursday, in the Premiership pairs at Leicester, he scored more than the entire Wolves team. So it was, it was, it was quite a week for him last week. I wouldn't judge any team that Wolverhampton and lost. Now, it's easy for me to say that today. But I would have said that we've been talking three or four weeks ago. Wolverhampton is a very, very technical track. Um, and if you were riding Wolverhampton every week, you'd have machinery and engines set up just for Wolverhampton, nowhere else. Um, if you're visiting Wolverhampton twice a year, you would not set an engine up specifically for Wolverhampton. Might if it's a major event or a championship event. But what you wouldn't be doing is, is taking an engine apart and changing parts internally to ride Wolverhampton. Um, you've just got to go there and do your best. So it's exceptionally slick. Um, and I, I'm, I'm talking tabletop slick. You know, the base broke up. Um, there was no drive coming out of the corners. And every single one of our guards, you know, including the reserves, was spinning out of the start and spinning out of the corners. The, to sort of sum it up without being too critical of the track, but to demonstrate how it was, we had a guest in Chris Harris who scored one point. Chris Harris earns most of his points from the back. There isn't a track in this country that he's afraid of and afraid to give it a go on. When someone like Chris Harris cannot come from the back to score points, that gives you an indication of just how slick the track was. Yeah, it's a good point well made, Dave. I think if uh, if, if Bombers make struggling to make it work, then many others would. Uh, next up for Kings Lynn, then, it's Sheffield and the Adrian Flux Arena on Thursday night. Um, the last time the two sides met, um, the, well, the sides are a bit different now as far as Kings Lynn's concerned because, um, I mean, Josh Pickering wasn't riding that day, but um, it was certainly in the team. He now lines up for Sheffield. Frederick Jacobson has gone. Uh, Jason Edwards has departed. You've got uh, Anders Rowe in the side now. Um, and of course, Artem Laguta was on his very first meeting the, the last time the two sides met. And so it'd uh, be interesting to see how he goes against Sheffield with now a few meetings under his belt. Yes, it, well, obviously it was his first meeting at Kingsland, so you would have expected him to be feeling his way around a little bit. Um, he will have had a bit of practice beforehand, that's for sure. Um, I've got a practice organised this week for those riders that can participate. Um, certainly Anders Rose going along there. I'm hoping that Thomas is going to go along there too um, and just get themselves familiar. I'll make the extend the offer to Simon um, and see if we can get the lower order in, in, into the track and get a feel of it before Sheffield come along. Um, 
it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I'm I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, I I would love to ha have this conversation with you on Friday morning and and say, wow, what a, what a great night we had last night. One thing's for sure, with Nikolai and Artem in the team, and then you look at what Sheffield have got in their team, there's going to be fireworks on track. It, the, the racing should be exceptional. So win or lose, we should see a great Speedway meeting on Thursday. My thanks to David Hoggart, the new team manager of the Kingsland Stars. Of course, if you can't be at the Adrian Flux Arena, the fixture will be live on BSN on uh, Thursday evening. The show starting at 7, first race at 7.30. OK, in the final part of No Breaks, No Fear, we'll hear from Kelvin Tatum. He gives us his review of the action over the last month or so from what he's seen on uh, Eurosports on his tour of the UK and also looks ahead to the next fixture which will be the Sheffield Tigers hosting the Ipswich Witches in a crucial battle for the uh, fourth playoff place as it stands so we'll hear from Kelvin Tatum in the next part and look ahead to what's coming up in the uh, Championship and the National Development League as well in the next part of No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear The official British Speedway podcast in this final section, then, we're going to hear a little bit from Kelvin Tatum. He's got his own podcast out. It's called Tatum Talks, where, guess what? Kelvin Tatum talks about uh, lots of things to do with Speedway. Uh, looking back at the Grand Prix series mainly, but also we touch on the Sports Insure Premiership as well, which he's been covering with Eurosport and Discovery Plus, of course, in the UK. And um, having a little look at what he's seen with his eyes as part of that coverage and his thoughts on the team's chances at this midway point where we are now. Uh, and he starts with the Bellevue Aces and, well, he thinks he owes Lemo an apology. Yeah, they're looking good. <clears throat> I actually uh, had to sort of like a bit, eat a bit of humble pie when I saw Mark Lemon at Peterborough the other day because I didn't think they were as strong as they were last year. Um, and the form of Jaiman Lidsey in the middle of the team has really been a revelation. He started poorly without confidence, but uh, he is now rock solid and doing very well for them. Obviously, you've got Brady Kurtz and Bewley piling up the points and Charles Wright going along nicely. Yeah, they're looking, Tom Brenner, they're looking very solid. Um, they've picked up valuable points on the road. Um, they won pretty comfortably last night. Um, I saw them uh, at Peterborough where Peterborough put up a good fight, but Bellevue just back end of the meeting just proved to be too strong. So... The champions are looking like champions right now. They've won the pairs recently at Leicester. So, um, yeah, things are going very well for Mark Lemon and his team. And fair play to them. You know, they are fully deserved to be at uh, the top of the, uh, the league table. What about the Leicester Lions? You were at Leicester. You've seen Leicester ride a couple of times on Eurosport. And certainly surprised a few people, I think, both home and away. Yes, um, when I heard that Leicester were coming into the team and I spoke to Damien Bates, the, the co-promoter there, I was concerned about what sort of team they would be able to build. He said, don't worry, we're going to have a decent outfit. Uh, he was true to his word. Um, and I think they've overachieved. I think, I think Stuart Dixon, he might not want to admit it, but I think that he is chuffed to bits with the way the team are performing. Um, they've gelled well. They've got experience in the middle order with Lawson and Harris. And now that Frick is scoring plenty of points for them, 
That is a huge bonus. I think Justin Sedgman, you could argue that Justin Sedgman at times has never ridden better in the UK. Um, so they have got a really good, a solid looking outfit. And all of a sudden, their form has put a lot of pressure on Sheffield and Wolverhampton and Ipswich. No doubt about it. Because I think, I think, in my opinion, that they may have been underestimated a little bit, Leicester, as the new boys, as the rookies. And they have shown great determination and they've won on the road. They're winning at home. Um, yeah, they're, they're looking very solid. So I think that um, I think it certainly has surprised a few people, but they're there on merit, aren't they? And they're doing the business and they're picking up valuable points and picking up. And they're, they're, they're a good looking team. They're a really good looking team. It's increasingly looking like it's going to be Sheffield or Ipswich battling it out for this uh, fourth spot in the playoffs as it stands. Um, Ipswich, talk to us about that because uh, obviously got Emil Saifuthinov and Jason Doyle and they've been terrific. Um, the rest of the side has had its issues from time to time, um, particularly, of course, with Eric Riss, with um, also injuries to you know Jack Thomas early doors as well, which wasn't ideal. So they're maybe not quite as strong throughout as maybe they were hoping they'd be. Absolutely. And um, obviously, I come into contact with Chris Louie on a regular basis. Um, he, you know, I, I just think that when I look at that team, I'm just thinking, well, why are they fifth? Um, but they've had some issues. You could say that the issue with Eric Riss has been a problem. That has definitely been a problem. Um, his health, you know, no fault of anybody's, but his health has, has created a hole in the team that they struggled to cover for. They lost Jack Thomas before they even started. So... I think that even with the form, I think they can do it. And I think a lot of people fancied them to go all the way this year, but it hasn't transpired. And they're going to have to work very hard. They're going to have to have Saifutinov and Doyle going great guns, and they need Danny King. They need Danny King to be really strong as well. If they can keep those three piling in the points, Keenan Rue is a rider that is going in the right direction. And I think that, you know, Daniel Hume is a real trier. He's, he's certainly um, uh, totally committed to the cause. But it's not going to be easy. They've slipped, slipped behind. They may need Sheffield to slip up as well. But they just need to focus on winning now. They've got to get the, the team clicking. And if they can get Eric Risk going, I think they've got, they've got a chance. And it's a big one next week on Eurosport because it's Sheffield versus Ipswich and the, the clash of the two that uh, are chasing that, um, that playoff spot. It is, yeah, um, next week. So uh, we've seen Sheffield a couple of times when they were at Leicester and then at Ipswich. Both times they got beaten. But they seem, apart from when like Leicester beat Sheffield at Sheffield, which was a stunning result, um, and that would have stung Simon said he would not have enjoyed that at all. Um, but, um, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to going back to Sheffield. Good track, fast track, uh, exciting speedway there generally. And they're up against the Ipswich Witches, so it's a great clash. And it's got a lot riding on it. It was, you know, um, when I reflect on the meeting Ipswich at home against Sheffield, that was a vital win for the Witches. But now we've got the return leg, so the aggregate points up for grabs as well, I believe. I'm going out on a bit of a limb there. I'm hoping I'm right, but I think the aggregate's up for, for grabs. Um, and it's two teams that are fighting for their lives to, to make sure they secure a top four spot. So it should be an exciting night. 
it is all to race for you and uh, you're right the uh, bonus point is up for grabs and uh, Ipswich are 12 points ahead at the halfway stage there going into that fixture at Ollerton on uh, on Monday Kings Lynn lots been said about Kings Lynn Alton Laguta's in the side we know very well what he's capable of um, big signing but there just seems to be uh, quite a lot of drama off the track um, at, uh, at Kings Lynn now with the new manager Dave Hoggart in charge and it's been up and down for them hasn't it this season not ideal not ideal at all. I think that it's been a roller coaster at Kings Lynn. Obviously, Keith Chapman having to come back in after Alex Brady stepping down. Dale Allett is unwell. Um, that's far from ideal. Um, clearly, Keith Chapman probably wasn't aware of the negotiations and contracts that had been agreed because effectively it was not his um, team. Um, Alex and Dale were running the team. And they're struggling, you know, they're struggling. And I think that it's, from Laguta's point of view, I think I think he's probably done a, a terrific contract where he's paid handsomely. But when your team's not doing so well and the turnstiles aren't clicking as well, I think economics, possibly Keith is looking at that. Keith Chapman is looking at that thinking, can we really afford him? I don't know that, but... You don't have to be Einstein to kind of put those two and two together. Uh, what I will say about Laguta is that when he's been here after one dodgy meeting, he's been pretty solid. He scored plenty of points, um, showed his class. Is he in love with British Speedway? Probably not. Not like Saifutinov. Not the same. Not the same. But still, nonetheless, um, it was an eye-catching move. Did they overextend themselves? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And it will be sad if he doesn't finish the fixtures for them. But it's been a tough time for both Peterborough and Kings then. Really tough times. Uh, yeah, and of course, Peterborough still question marks over what's going to happen with them next season. Similar to Wolves, Chris Van Stratton working very hard to uh, try and secure a new venue, but also to um, maybe get some more time at Monmore as well, he was saying in a recent interview on Eurosport. So hopefully um, that, uh, you know, that that's not the end of the story there. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed that that is very much the case. Uh, Chris Van Stratton... You know, he spoke to me about it and saying that he had identified an area where uh, there was a possibility. Um, so I very much hope that they can do it because we can ill afford to keep losing clubs. We've lost too many in the recent times. So, you know, uh, Wolverhampton, um, it has a rich history. It's, uh, um, you know, it's one of the best teams in the league and to lose them, would be a hammer blow. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. And if they can run for one more year at Monmore while the new stadium's being readied, then that would be the ideal scenario. Regarding Peter, uh, Peterborough and the East of England Arena, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is there, whether they can be relocated or whether it will roll on for another year. I don't know. But certainly there is uncertainty about the Peterborough Panthers right now. Um so, as I say, from my perspective, I'm not privy to all the goings-on. I just don't want to see clubs closing. Simple as that, because we want to keep um, a healthy league if we can. All right, Kelvin, thanks a lot. And um, looking forward to more Speedway out of the top draw uh, coming up on Monday at Ollerton. Out of the top draw, indeed. Indeed.
Kelvin Tatum. And you can hear more of Kelvin on his own podcast, which is called Tatum Talks. Search for that on uh, any of your podcast apps. Um, reviewing the Grand Prix so far uh, over the last three rounds. We're about the halfway stage there. And also much more uh, info on the uh, things that we're just talking about there as well. Um, all available in a new episode, which is uh, out at the end of this week, if not already by the time you hear this. A little bit of news from the Championship. Fans' favourite Paul Stark is on his way back to Birmingham with Stefan Nielsen, also reintroduced into the starting seven. Stark proved a popular addition at Perry Bar during the ill-fated 2014 campaign and has enjoyed successful returns as part of the opposition since. He was released by Plymouth just over a month ago and has been snapped up by the Curtis Sport Brummies as team boss Stuart Dixon continues to shake up the side. The 32-year-old replaces Joe Thompson, who's sidelined with a broken collarbone. Meanwhile, while Stefan Nielsen is back after a period out through injury with temporary 28-day replacement Dan Thompson, now linking up with Cab Direct Championship rivals the Plymouth Gladiators. Stuart Dixon feels the changes give the Brummies much more of a solid look about them, particularly as it's going to see inform Alfie Botel move to reserve for the fixtures in July. So it is a quiet period for the Birmingham Brummies, but there's plenty more fixtures happening in the Cab Direct Championship, and let's have a look at the fixtures situation now as it stands over the course of the next week or so in uh, British Speedway and it is a big week ahead as well starting on Wednesday July 5th it is um, big action at Pool Stadium it is the first leg of the BSN series final between the Pool Pirates and the Glasgow Tigers now this should have been the second leg but the first leg was rained off at Glasgow last Friday so um, now it becomes the first leg at Pool with the return leg um, I think a week on Friday back at Ashfield Um, Cab Direct Championship action as well between Oxford and Berwick Oxford, of course, uh, well, untouchable so far in the Cab Direct Championship, but uh, very close on the aggregate bonus point situation between those two. 46-44 there, so uh, lots to race for in that fixture. Thursday evening, then it's action in the Sports Insure Premiership. Ipswich versus Wolverhampton, Leicester versus Peterborough, and Kingslin versus Sheffield, with that uh, one at the Adrian Flux Arena also live on BSN. Friday night in the Cab Direct Championship, it's uh, Glasgow versus Redcar. Uh, we've got Scunthorpe versus Edinburgh as well in the Cab Direct Championship. National Development League action between Bellevue and Kent. And British Youth Championships take place at Scunthorpe after the championship fixture against Edinburgh with the 500cc riders uh, getting together in that one uh, at uh, Scunthorpe on Friday night. Saturday, National Development League Knockout Cup semi-final first leg between Workington and Leicester. That starts at 3 o'clock at Workington. And on Sunday, it's uh, National Development League action for Mildenhall, who host the Edinburgh Academy from 4pm. Uh, looking ahead then to uh, Monday, back to the Sports Insure Premiership. Kings Lynn versus Peterborough. Sheffield versus Ipswich, which is your live fixture on Eurosport. And Wolves versus Bellevue, all starting at 7.30. And then next Tuesday in the Cab Direct Championship, uh, it is a long trip for me, uh, not least. Not, not, I would think also for the uh, fans and uh, riders and staff of the Glasgow Tigers who head down to the uh, south coast, very, very south coast, to Devon for the uh, Plymouth Gladiators against the Glasgow Tigers. That gets underway at 7pm at the Coliseum and that will be on BSN 
as well. So that's your next week ahead in British Speedway. There's a high chance that uh, this episode uh, next week, this, uh, this podcast next week, will come indeed from the uh, Coliseum because um, that's probably where I'm going to have to make it, if I'm uh, truly honest. Uh, so uh, I'll join you then and have a great week in Speedway. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you next week on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Podcast Network.